You're listening to Consensus Conversations 2023 by Coindesk. We're coming to you from the Brave Podcast Studio at Consensus 2023. Brave is the privacy browser used by almost 60 million people worldwide. It has everything you need to stay safe online. Check them out today at brave.com. Hello from Consensus 2023. I'm Eleanor Paul, here with Tim Tolley, CEO of Zellcore. Zellcor is a custody solution for Web3. Hi, Tim. Very happy to chat with you. Glad to be here. <laughs> so Consensus, I find just so incredibly interesting because we're bringing together all of these sides of crypto. Every side, it's a little weird to have these mishmashing of companies, but it means that we get to have these conversations together about the industry as a whole. So could you give us a rundown of what you've been up to, what conversations you've been having? Sure, absolutely. And let me say, I, I'm a 30-plus year traditional finance uh executive in my background. So I was here at Consensus last year and this year. The diversity here is unbelievable. I mean, the age diversity, gender, nationality, all those things. It's, it's incredible what a melting pot crypto and consensus really is. You know, So I think a lot of the conversations I've been having around are around regulations. And in particular, I, I went to a reception last night with a partner of ours um, that is very plugged into the ecosystem. And the prevailing theme they're getting from their participants are, should I move outside of the United States? Which, where, where should I go? What are some places for me to be thinking about? So that, that's really concerning to me as somebody who is, we're, we're a global con- company. We, we, are, we're, we operate in over 170 countries worldwide. Um, but we're a U.S. company. We're, we have a virtual headquarters here. We're spread everywhere. But I'm concerned about what the U.S. is doing with relate, as it relates to crypto. And I think a lot of people here are as well. Yeah. Some of the interesting things that I've heard about is um, we're obviously in crypto having all these discussions about regulation, about what's coming, about what it will affect with our industry. But at the same time, you know, this is the event to talk about it. And there were many regulators invited, but no one's really here. So it's almost like we're getting that um, regulation by enforcement again, where we keep trying to show ourselves, get the right picture, but we just have this problem where I think that regulators often just see the worst parts of the industry and then we get stuck in that. Yeah. So what are some of the things you might suggest for all crypto companies to come together? What can we do so we can represent ourselves, the industry in yeah. a good light? I mean, great question. I, I think, look, I, I believe this industry needs regulation, right? And yeah. I think anybody that says you don't is not being realistic about how you get mass adoption here, right? So, so dead stop there. I think what we need to do, and I just listen to some of my colleagues talking about it on stage, we need to keep building, right? It, you, just, you can't let this stop you. Um, you need to keep building and keep using the technology uh, and figure it out. I think what has happened is what happened in 2022 with FTX and Terra and a bunch of these has taken us to the extreme example of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and so we've got to figure out um, how we keep building, whether it's here in the United States or whether it's in other parts. And I think that's where we're headed. I think the, uh, and I'm really worried about the, the United States was, and by the way, this, I'm giving you my thoughts, but they're prevailing thoughts from, from a lot of the people that I've talked to here, right? Which is, but the United States exploded when the internet happened and um, we had a lot of really supporting, a supporting environment here. We need that same thing to happen. Uh, and so we're, we're, we need that to happen here with crypto. So we need to keep building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the take I've heard is that you would give up more by losing these companies 
than you would by sticking it through, getting through regulation and keeping them here. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's just such a, a challenge to get across. Yeah. Eleanor, I, I say it's the really, we're gonna, the U.S. is going to win the battle but lose the war, right? Because the reality is we're spending so much time talking about financial crypto and the crypto and block the blockchain technology is going to replace the internet. All of these other non-financial things are going to far surpass the size of the financial use of the technology. And do we really want to have that be going uh, gangbusters outside of the U.S.? Mm -hmm. So I have a question, kind of a follow-up on that. Crypto is, you know, new compared to many other things. Um, and it has developed all of these arms going in different directions, finance, tech, DeFi. And some things I've heard about on the floor here are people using Web3 as a way to sort of differentiate away from crypto, like the really nitty gritty tech. So what do you think about that? Like, should crypto start to break apart into its different segments, its different companies, different types of things, or should we just stick together Use yeah. the technology together. I mean, it's a good question. I think we always struggle with words, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, crypto is just a word that ca caught on really quickly, right? The reality, it's the blockchain technology that sits underneath there, right? So should we be emphasizing the blockchain technology more? Absolutely. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there moving forward. I think the other thing we need to do as an industry, and this is where I get back to your, your other question about how do we deal with this? Look, Look at what happened with ChatGPT and AI, 100 million users in under two months. Why is that? Super easy to get in, this, in the environment and really well plugged into a lot of the things we use every day. That's one of the problems that we've had with the crypto space and blockchain is there's a lot of silos. Um, there's not a lot of, it's not an easy place to walk into, right? That's, it's one of the things my company in particular, Zellcore, is focused on is how, how do we bring all of these different how do we make it easier for everybody to get onboarded into the system? And we don't want to pick winners and losers. We want to support everybody. Um, so, and a lot of those winners are going to be non-financial uses. So I think you'll see more of that in 2023 and beyond, particularly things like utility NFTs and other, other uses that are obvious for people and easy for them to get. Like integrated in into exactly. their life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that crypto is so siloed because it shouldn't be. It's like decentralized. We're supposed to be all connected, um, but it is that way. And, you know, as someone who is working on crypto all the time, covering it, I think I know what's going on. And then sometimes I go to use a new wallet and I realize, like, this is really hard. And I try to imagine someone who's completely new having a really difficult time. So for me, I actually used Desk, you know, Coindesk social token as like a zero risk way to practice with a wallet yeah. because the way that wallets are connected with money, with assets, it can be scary to use it and mess up. So what are you guys doing to make sure that people know what's going on and don't like lose all their coins immediately? Right, you've hit, you just nailed the biggest problem that we, we have and I think the industry has, right? There's no test environment because it is real money, right? I think what we're trying to do is make the interface be more like Look at one of the most popular things that's going on right now worldwide. DraftKings, FanDuel, Barstool Sports, uh, MGM, all of these online gaming. Like People are really used to that interface. So we're trying to get an interface that's very similar to that. And then we're trying to kind of obfuscate away the, the individual issues that come with each of these tokens or et cetera. Um, 
and, and have you not have to feel like, oh, I need to go there, or I need to go there, or I need to go to, I have 10 wallets. I mean, there are people, I, I meet people here even today, I said, one of the questions I usually ask, how many wallets do you have? 10, 12, can you imagine? And by the way, these aren't simple passwords. These are complex passwords. Can you imagine trying to keep 10 or 12 of those? You're gonna lose your money. You're definitely gonna lose your money. So I guess with that idea, let's say you have like just the average user of Zellcor. What are they doing with their wallet? What are they connecting to? How does that work for them? Um, we have a lot of miners. Uh, that was the original genesis of the, the product. So we have a lot of miners there that are doing um, some heavy lifting. Um, they do a lot of buy selling and trading and managing their assets. Um, we have a hardware wallet implementation. So we have people that are, are buying at other places and they don't want to store it on an exchange, let's say. So they bring it down to the Zellcor wallet. They store it either on Zellcor or they store it on a, a hardware device like Ledger or Trezor. Um, I think in the future, staking, um, a lot of other capabilities, you know, DAO governance and a lot of that stuff is all going to be baked into the wallet. So you're trying to reach out into whatever people might want to do with the blockchain. Yes. You can connect them. Yes. Okay. And, and we're going to give them an easy path. And look, humans are lazy and they want the easy button, right? And so we're trying to give them the easy button, but we are going to make sure that they always have the ability to go wherever they want to go, right? So just to contrast that a little bit, if you're a customer of, say, Schwab, Ameritrade, Fidelity, and pick any one of these banks, let's say, and you own Apple stock, you're locked and loaded in there. If you want to, if, if it's, if Fidelity is selling it for a different price or a different fee, you can't sell it that same day. In the, in the blockchain world, you actually can. That's the Web3 model where you own and control the access to the asset and you can pick and choose. That's what we're doing is we'll give you a solution in wallet, but if you want to go out of the wallet and go somewhere else to execute, you're free to do that. And if we take like more of a future look here, so I mean, I like blockchain technology a lot. I think it offers so much to the world that's not even integrated with yet. And in ways that, you know, people in day to day actually could benefit a lot from. So just some examples like signing into things. I have so many emails, like you said, I have emails, I have social profiles. I have websites I have to have accounts for. It's all over the place, different passwords. It's so disconnected. So if you were considering the future, if crypto could be really integrated, what's like the most beneficial place you'd like to see it? Hmm, that's a loaded question. Mm -hmm. um, lots yes, lots of options. But I, I, it, um, I didn't set you up for that question, by the way. It, mm -hmm. it is, that's what we're built for, right? The, the, the current and future use of blockchain all in one place. It's not tenable for people to think that they're gonna have 10 to 12 different places to secure their assets. And, and by assets, I mean music and NFTs and um, your driver's license, which will be an NFT, and the lease to your car, the deed to your house, all these things will be on NFTs. You won't wanna have multiple wallets. You're gonna have to have it all in one place or, or one or two small places. So I think that's where we're headed. It'll, it'll alleviate the whole password issue, et cetera. Um, and I think, look, the technology is evolving with a lot of things around multi-signature and capabilities that allow you and I to enter a transaction together, have, it, have that transaction be secured by a software contract, and then we'll have a, we'll a multi-sig process so that we can trust but verify, right? So we, we move more into a trustless environment. 
Okay. I just want to pick up on something. There's always this thinking, NFT is such a tricky term to explain to everyone. Some people say we should just forget it, go digital collectible. Other people say, you know, let's stick to the technology that is describing what it's doing. Just like a quick take on that. What, what do you think with that term? Um, I just said it to you earlier. I think we struggle with words in this industry in particular, crypto and NFTs. And, and it's, a, it's, um, it's a very uh, hard to explain acronym. You know, single use token is probably something like that. You're absolutely right. We need to come up with a better descriptor because I personally think that's one of the places where we're going to see the most growth and usage in the future. Um, Particularly to, um, you know, us personally, we're working with an international firm that is looking to uh, give a ticket for Taylor Swift concerts, a single-use token that I would sell to you, Eleanor, and you would store that on the blockchain, and then you would sell it to your colleague, and you would get the money, and I would get a little piece of the proceeds that you sell. But it would all be off that single-use token, token, you know? So we need to fix the terminology for sure. Related, I just think it's so funny that on Coindesk, we always still spell out non-fungible token on the first use when nobody, nobody's using a non-fungible token anymore. It's just one of those things that pops up. That's where it comes from. I just, I would love to watch over time whether we drift away from that. Kind of switching topics, one of the, well, there were a lot of surprises last year, of course, but in terms of custody, I was so surprised to hear about the Solana phone and what that might offer. So if you're trying to think about integrating wallets into daily life, getting it easier to use, do you think a phone is the way to go or is that just another silo? Um, I think we're gonna see a lot of experimentation in a lot of ways. So you've got the Solana phone on one hand and then you've got kind of the Ledger, what Ledger's trying to do with their new Stacks product, you know, which is kind of like a phone, but it's sing more single use. Um, I think we're gonna see a lot of different uh, use cases. I personally think that people are married to their phones. Uh, so the more utility and capability you can put in the phone, the more you're going to accelerate adoption. This week, my phone fully bricked, fully done for. I don't live in Austin, so um, I have no phone. I'm signed in on my computer, but I just realized all of the two-factor authentication is tied to apps on my phone. I'm so locked out. I have to use coworkers' laptops. And it's like just made me think, why is this the world we live in? Like, there are better solutions, but it's kind of this issue of adoption and people understanding that there are ways to secure information that are not just like with Google Authenticator. Yes. So what do you, what do you think about that with like um, security? Again, another great question, right? I, th this is one of the reasons why we feel as strongly as we do. Different people make different decisions about their um, implementation. We use a username and password combination that's hashed. Other people use a 12C or a 24C where, you know, phrase. Um, that's one of the things we're trying to do is put it all in here so that you don't have to deal with each of the, the, the example you just gave of your phone, each of the apps and even your Google Authenticator makes choices about how they want to do the, the security. You should be able to be above that and yeah. use what you want and not have to go to the lowest common denominator of the application you want to use. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a struggle and it's really made me think about resetting all of my connections so that I control it. Because now, like you said, it was these apps were telling me I needed these things 
And that just kind of forced me to set up the system that actually can break very easily. So that's made me reconsider for sure. Eleanor, that's the Web3 premise, right? Which is they own and control access to your data with their security implementation. Tomorrow, you'll own and control the access to your data and you'll do with it what you want. It's good you bring that up because it's always something that I feel like people need to explain. The advertiser model makes people a lot of money as it is now, but also people hate it. It's terrible use, use case for just going online, whatever. So with Web3, how is it going to fund all of this development innovation? How can we get away from that advertiser model and still be profitable? Yeah. Um, wow, that's a complex one because it's such a huge part of industry and it's a huge part of telling the story. You know, we're wired as humans to want to hear the story. And that's what advertising is about, right? Um, I, I'm a big believer in whoever owns the data is the company. And today that's Twitter, Facebook, Google, Apple, whoever you, you choose, right? Um, tomorrow, it's going to be you and I. We're going to be the companies, right? So... Um, I think we'll be advertised to more direct, we'll work more directly with the advertisers and um, we'll monetize our data in a different way, in a way that we probably all haven't really thought of. Um, and there'll be a transitional period there, right? It's, it's not gonna happen overnight, but I do think that's where we're headed to over time. Advertising will never go away because we always need to get your, your consciousness somehow. I think just the way that the advertising gets delivered and monetized will be the different implementation. Mm -hmm. And it will be fascinating to watch because when there's this advertising industry, there's an equal um, competing ad block industry and they just ratchet each other up, getting stricter and stricter. So it would be fascinating if advertisers are following things on chain, if they know your address and things like that. I would just love to watch what ad block people try to do, like crypto ad block. So it's always fun to think about the future like that. It's going to be interesting on that front. It's a huge driver of revenue worldwide. Mm -hmm. I know that you at Consensus have been really focused on regulation discussions. Why don't we bring it back around to that? What do you see coming up this year? Yeah, I, I think what is going to happen this year is it's clear this the U.S. government and the administration is going down this path. The question is, why is someone like Gary Gensler, who is really educated, was a teacher in blockchain technology at MIT, why isn't he able to answer the question, is Ethereum is a security, security or not, right? Yeah. How, how am I supposed to know if the person who's enforcing the rule can't even answer that question, right? So I think there's gonna be a lot of pressure on that space. Uh, but I also think what's gonna happen as we move through the year is we're gonna see more of these foreign countries use their sovereign currency as a payment of a, an exchange, a method of exchange. Um, and my hope is that we, the US kind of figures out what's going on. We, we more quickly embrace stable coins, which is a way, in my opinion, to get US dollar global reserve dominance back. So are you thinking stable coin or CBDC? Stable coin. Just stable coin. Stable okay. coin. I do think we're gonna see a CBDC. As somebody who provides a custodial solution for individuals, either one of those will work for us. Um, I think as somebody who believes in the long-term future of blockchain, I don't think a very, a very uh, transparent zero privacy uh, environment is not good they're for the- They're a bit the, scary. Yeah, they're yeah. a bit scary. You know, so one of our colleagues was just talking about cash, right? Cash is the greatest 
exchange medium on the planet. You don't need to ask anybody for it. No one's tracking your transaction, et cetera. So um, that needs to stay in place in the digital version of that. The CDBC is the most, is complete opposite spectrum. So with stable coins, I mean, with them now, we have all these discussions about whether they're backed. I feel like there is some uncertainty, even though we have like a big one USDC, I still think people are watching and waiting for it to fall in some regard. Yeah. Just because it's so, it's just so new. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So what are you watching? What coins are you looking at? Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm a big fan of USDC. Um, I like you know, the, the their whole reserve methodology and the staking. Um, I don't think they're going to be the only winner. I think there's going to be a, a lot of other um, stable coins. I mean, obviously, US, US, USDT is a real big one, too. Um, we're going to see a lot of stable coins in other fiats, attacked to other fiats that are going to be pretty popular, too. Um, that brings us back to another issue that crypto has, right? When you and I talk about the U.S. dollar and we walk out of here, you could go to a restaurant, the Mexican restaurant and use the U.S. dollar, and I can go to the barbecue restaurant and use the U.S. dollar. That might not, in blockchain, that's not the case sometimes. You have stablecoin for Bitcoin. You have stablecoin for ETH. I don't think the mass, the regular person really gets that issue. Yeah, it's that's, not one. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing we'll have to solve. That's what, that's what a really Zellcore is focused on, those kind of things, so that you shouldn't have to learn the language you need to speak in whatever restaurant you walk into. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's really fascinating. I mean, I also think with stablecoins, I mean, with crypto in general, the state of the economy, global and American, affects what gets explored a lot. So if we are having Bitcoin going up, potentially we're on the rise, maybe this summer we're going up, what do you think is going to be explored further if we have more money in the industry? Yeah, um, I, I, I think what's gonna, what needs to happen is, we, we talked about building more, the technology has to be built more, right? Um, Let's say that we, we move, Bitcoin grows, we have more adoption. Can we handle the throughput of a billion, two billion, three billion people, right? We probably can't right now, right? So we need to put money into engineering to do that, right? And then we need to build out the whole smart contract environment, right? And, I, and I, the other thing is, look, we're learning in crypto what traditional finance took 200 years to learn. We're learning in 10 years, you know, and in some cases, five years. And so... There's a lot of things that need to be worked worked out. The password things that you talked about, the signature and, and consent forms for transactions, all that stuff needs to be built out. And so the more money we get into crypto, I think that's where it needs to go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we sometimes see so many applications being built that don't necessarily introduce new technology or new uses. And that's where I think we need to do. We need to be exploring we need to be seeing what this technology can be applied to that will really expand it. And it's not just because we should try things out. It's also that it's hard to realize how the world can be different, I think. We're so stuck in like, this is what it is. It doesn't have to be like that. Yes. Boy, there's so many examples over the last 25 years. You know, think about, um, I'm, a lot, I'm a lot older than you guys, right? But um, I was around at a really large financial institution in the late 90s when the internet just started to explode. And I've got a lot of push. I was very senior in the technology organization. Got a lot of push. email. Why would people need email? You know, think about when the iPhone came out, which seems like to all of us 
seems like it was just yesterday, but it was, you know, 2008, two, I mean, it was late 2000. People are like, what are you going to do? Why would people want to use a camera on their phone? So um, what they don't understand is, oh, the messaging platforms that tap into the camera and to tie into these really hardwired things we have as humans. The same thing is going to happen with uh, crypto and, and blockchain technology, and uh, it, it's going to be huge. I think that's a great place to end. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, and I hope you have a great time here. My pleasure. Thank you.